Well, hello. Welcome back to Writing Off the Deep End. I'm Mary Thaler. And I'm Jeffrey Edwards. One of the earlier times we dealt with historical fiction, so looking at the past, and Mary got this great idea that we might want to switch that and say, look at the future. So this came into my mind because when you tell people you write science fiction, I think um, that some people think that, that the main role of science fiction is to look into the future and, and kind of visualize what it's going to be like for us. And of course, that's only a small slice of all the wonderful things that science fiction can do. But it is a fascinating exercise to, to make that imaginative leap centuries or, or millennia ahead. One of the writing workshops I did recently, um, it was pointed out to me that E.M. Forster wrote a book called Aspects of the Novel. So same writer who did... Uh, Path to India and A Room with a View. Wrote a book about writing the novel. And in it, he talks about the idea of a fantasy voice and a prophetic voice as being distinct from other voices in fiction. And he gave us an examples of a prophetic voice, um, Moby Dick, uh, so Melvin's, Melville's story about the whale, and uh, Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights, which he, he also gave this prophetic flavor to. It's not something we would normally think about as being prophetic. But what he meant was a kind of myth, looking beyond the immediate appearances of things and looking at a broader landscape. For, and, and you get that in Wuthering Heights. Uh, so there is a relationship between the two. Uh, but one might also apply the idea to a book, say, like Herbert Stoon, uh, which, of course, has an explicitly prophetic component. It sounds like he's saying uh, it has to do with the scale of time that you encompass imaginatively. In Yes, although Moby Dick certainly has some scale, but um, it's partly about the sort of animalistic uh, prophecy of this whale who's much bigger than a whale in a way, right? So that's... Uh, I would also um, make a distinction between what I would call pre predictive and prophetic. And they're used interchangeably. You know, in a newspaper story, people might say um, that something is prophetic because it seemed to predict something about the future. There's an interesting Old Testament scholar named Walter Brueggemann who said that the three main functions of a prophet are uh, grief, anger and hope so a prophet um tells you well anger i think anger comes first he tells you what's wrong they, they tell you what's wrong in the world what you can see going wrong uh with the environment with people's relationships to each other uh in a sort of whole societal sense and and then the prophet grieves for what is wrong and what is being lost and then the prophet gives you hope for what is to come um, so in a Christian context, the prophet will say, well, the people have turned away from God, um, uh, that our enemies have invaded us, but someday God will bring us home and everything will be, will be wonderful again. And that is something that I think about in the context of my writing more than I think about trying to accurately say what technologies the future will bring. I mean, that, that, that's fun to play with. 
but when I try to be prophetic in my writing, I try to, I, I it's those three functions that I think about. I think about, um, we live living in a world where things are going wrong and, and expressing anger and grief about it, but also giving the readers hope if hope is appropriate, um, to that context. Yeah. So. Wolfter also talks about the idea of prophetic being involving song mm-hmm. as opposed to, to uh, narrative fiction, that it's about making a song or, or sounding like a song, song-like in, in the way one talks about things, which is also a very interesting idea. Uh, ah, it's lovely to think about the intersections of, of uh, genre with, with this prophetic voice. Right. And that it, it, it has a, a, an ability to move between genres, I think. Yeah, so it, it certainly rang a bell for me in my work. So, you know, my science fiction is, I guess, I wouldn't have called it prophetic, but I think it, it sits in that register, right? Uh, it's dealing with not so much the future as a possible future, because I don't think it's necessarily a possible future, yeah. but as a carrier for information or ideas about the larger scale of human development, right? So, mm-hmm. and it has a song-like element to it. Uh, in fact, I use poetry quite a lot in my writing mm-hmm. uh, to, to bring that out. So, uh, I think, um, you know, a few episodes ago, we were talking about writing about history and we talked a little bit about um, I think just different ways of approaching that, of, of uh, uh, things happen and uh, as events, but also um, giving meaning and the process of fictionalizing as giving meaning to events. And I think that this prophetic voice we're talking about um, is, is going towards that, towards giving meaning to what's happening now um, as we go forward into the future. So can you tell me something about how you might use that in your writing? Give an example. I have sometimes written fiction um, that tries to uh, look at situations like the housing shortage in the Canadian North um, uh, to to go to something very specific all the way to... um, stories about uh, how we relate to each other intergenerationally as uh, children and elders and, and adults, or of taking any um, aspect of our society uh, and, and turning it into a story is I think a, a, could, can be thought of as a prophetic act. Good answer. Thanks. I feel like I should make you give an example of prophetic writing that you've done. (laughs) Uh, I mean, uh, you know, so I have this book that I wrote, a manuscript that I'm still working on about the future of religion. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it has perhaps a prophetic element in it. Uh, And it caused me, so it caused me to do a lot of reading in, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, mm-hmm. uh, Islam, 
all these different, you know, I had a certain grounding in Christianity, but I didn't have a lot of grounding in other religions. And so I, I spent, uh, uh, you know, almost a year doing reading through various different religions in order to, and, and visited different locations. So I went to, uh, to uh, Thailand and I went to Bali and I went to Australia and I, I got to see some of these different religious cultures in operation as a tourist, but as a, let's say, an, a, an, an alert tourist in terms of these kinds of, of things. And then I wrote a science fiction book about that, about uh, the experience of somebody who's learning about these different religions and then tries to link them together into a common or gen uh, a larger view. So, um, I mean, it has that focus on larger than an individual, but it was about an individual, you know? So and it is literally set in the future. Right, your book. says in the future, although it's it's in a thousand years before my other books in the future. So okay, it it's our past. future. It's someone else's past. Okay, and 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 that moving it towards the future uh, probably gives you this long view, um, just to start with a uh, perspective, a posture of of time. Yeah, I suppose situating it in a different time allowed me to. Well, it's, it's a little bit why I do the science fiction the way I do it. Um, it allows me to drop away certain preoccupations that we have in the present. For instance, in my future, nobody has to worry about surviving because there are all these nano machines in our bodies that take care of our basic needs and we don't have to worry so much about that as we do today. And so mm -hmm. it strips away the survival issues and leaves behind the growth, personal growth, anxiety, all the other issues, they are still there, but they can be dealt with in a different way than in the, in the, in the, uh, the sort of current way. And so I was able to deal with religion again in the context where things were changing, but not necessarily the way they are today. So a different kind of context. Do you think it is often the case, or perhaps even necessarily the case, that prophetic writing contains a call to action? I think it may evoke some kind of action. I'm sure it is exactly a call, but mm -hmm. I think that there's a kind of, it's a kind of invocation in a way. It's mm -hmm. a kind of, uh, uh, of uh, opening to something happening not necessarily an action per se, but a, a, perhaps a different way of understanding the world. Maybe that's mm -hmm. what's going on in terms of, of uh, what you're trying perhaps to Perhaps that it is intended to transform the reader in some way, even more than most writing is. It works. Yeah. It works the way it's supposed to. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can add that caveat to all my writing. <laughs> If it works the way it's supposed to, be moved and entertained and changed. <laughs> I was thinking you're, I, I didn't want to say it because I wanted to hear what you came up with, which was actually kind yeah. of interesting. But I think in a way your um, treatment of the dogs in, in the shell mitten, it has a kind of prophetic air to it so it's history but it's mm -hmm. 
got a kind of broader frame around it. Hmm. Let me think about that for a moment. I certainly was, when I was writing my novel about the sled dogs, I was thinking about uh, patterns that have repeated through history. So the, the novel um, addresses things like migrations um, throughout the Arctic archipelago and not just migrations, but relocations and sometimes forcible relocations. And those have been aspects of human and animal life up to our present day. And sometimes, um, and in the case of forcible relocations, obviously uh, a terrible aspect. Um, and so even though I'm not writing about things that have happened in the 20th and 21st century, I, did, I do feel like the events that I'm writing about participate in a look, look, look ahead to that future that is coming um, towards the inhabitants of the Arctic. Uh, and in that sense, may be somewhat prophetic. So say it, the prophets, that's, <laughs> that's it for prophetic fiction. Next mm -hmm. time, we're going to be talking to somebody that Mary met. We're going to be interviewing L.P. Kindred, who is an emerging author with some very interesting short fiction that has come out and will be coming out, exploring the intersections of blackness and queerness and some, just some really exciting stuff. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, if you like what you're seeing or listening to, don't forget to subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.